0: Welcome to The Dick Pod, and we are bringing you another episode on this glorious Monday. That is already January 18th, holy cow. Hopefully everyone is still sticking to their New Year's resolutions. Uh, I am. I woke up today at 5.45 in the morning to work out before my kids get up at 7am so I can get to work at 9. <laughs> Fun life I have. Um, honestly, I think I was in bed at like 9 o'clock yesterday reading books. I will reading a book, a new book I got. It's called The Power of Why. Or, um, yeah, The Power of Why, I think. Something about the why. I forgot the title right now. But it's something about the why. And uh, it's kind of like the reason behind why you do something, the motivation behind it. Uh, I had uh, a coach ask me that last year why do I do what I do? I think I do my job because I like it, it provides for the family. There are lots of fascinating situations we get ourselves into. That's the whole reason behind this podcast. That it is fascinating enough that you guys will learn from it, enjoy it, and so forth. So, today I'm bringing you a story as uh, we should be really happy, and we are, that we close our first deal of the year. However, this situation is something that really makes me think and ponder about what could have been for this client. So, The story is basically that I had met the client two years ago, and two years ago, they had leased a place uh, with my help. However, I'm pretty sure they could have already bought a home two years ago. So what happens when you wait two years in the real estate market? And if you guys can imagine based on what's happening in the market, prices going up, is it's not ideal. It's not good. Uh, But what happens to somebody in their psyche? What happens to somebody in their mind? Uh, How do they feel when uh, they see what happens? What kind of experiences do they have? I guarantee you that this client had the maximum amount of experiences when looking for their first home. Uh, Good, bad, the ugly, all of it. The old Clint Eastwood movie, which I actually liked a lot. My dad used to like that movie. So good, bad, and the ugly, they experienced it all. So we even made a joke about that the other day when we talked. Uh, And it really just comes down to um, waiting to buy a home has generally been a really rough and bad idea. Uh, Now, I can bring you back historically to a time in the 90s and the 80s where waiting uh, to buy a home was probably not a big deal. So, for example, later today, I'm going to appraise a house in Mississauga, a nice two-bedroom bungalow uh, with a good lot. And the client had bought it for like $230,000 uh, back in like 98 or something like that. And then in like 2000, sorry, 93, so like six years before that, uh, the current owners purchased it for 200000 like six years before that. So in a span of six years around that time, the market had not really increased that much. So, you can say, okay, Philippe, like obviously I waited for my house back in the 90s. Okay, yeah, that's not a big deal. But what's happening right now is what's affecting people and what's affecting buyers. And it's a completely different story out there. So, I met these clients at uh, a newer town, a newer uh, condo t- development in Milton, Ontario, and they're looking to lease. And they found a place, they leased it out, and they were talking about buying. And they said, okay, yeah, maybe one day we'll buy. We need to get used to the market. Um, I said, okay, like, you know, my, my style of real estate has never to been pushy, but I want people to understand what happens. Right. So I told him, Hey, look, I, you know, lease here, figure it out. There was also some contemplation about whether he still wants to live in Canada because they were immigrants from India and you know, whether buying a home is a good idea. Um, In the last episode I talked about, I talked about how people bought a home and then, you know, in a spend of sometimes months, sold it for a lot more money. So you can tell, I can tell you right there that even if you were to live in Canada for one year and you had the opportunity to buy a house, chances are it would probably be worth it. It would probably be worth the risk. So anyways, get back to the story. Uh, We would stay in touch with these guys and about a year later, they, uh, they they touched base with me and they looked at a home and I said, I want to look at this home. I'm thinking about buying and we looked at it and he said, wow, the prices are so expensive, so expensive. It doesn't make sense to me. Why Why house is so expensive? All right, valid argument. You know, I'm, I, I'm not someone that I can totally explain to you why a uh, townhouse is now 700,000. And man, this year, <laughs> You're not likely to find a townhouse for seven hundred thousand in the Milton area, at least, uh, or a lot of other areas. Uh, Eight hundred thousand is the going rate now, but that, I digress. So yeah, I understand, like they're expensive, uh, but that's just what you need to buy, you need to pay for, right? And the reality is that if you are a single young professional and you just need to get into the market. You might be able to find some kind of really uh, older condo or some older home in some other area or an older condo for like 400000 and just get it, right? Because really that's the name of the game. So get into the market because as you see increases in the market, you're like, whew, thank God I have a house because I will get those increases. I feel them in, you know, not a tangible way where like here's the money, stacks of money, here's a briefcase of cash. But by having a home, you do not lose because the market has increased. You're a winner because you have a home. You, you have a product that has increased. And, uh, you know, they, they, they ghosted again. So there's a lot of ghosting in this story. Um, you know, they never went for it. And they came back about six months ago. So it is now our second time looking for homes. And they're like, wow, the prices are even more expensive than, you know, a year ago, whatever, six months ago. And they're like, there's no way I'm buying a house for this much. No way. And they ghosted again. Then about four months, a couple months after that, they came back. They're like, all right, let's look at this house. Because I was, like, sending them homes on, like, a daily basis at that point. And, you know, they said, let's look at this house. We looked at it, and they're like, well, honestly, I, you know i i don't want to pay this much money this is lucrative but i like this so at that point because the client is so apprehensive so up and down um i said look you may not want to pay the asking price which is six hundred and eighty thousand, whatever so why don't you put the price that you're comfortable paying and at least you go through the experience of putting an offer right because the thing is if they were like, hey, how much did that house sell for? And I told them there was like five offers in the house and it went for $25,000 more. They're like, wow, we went for more than the asking price. And they're always asking me, how can I get a home less than the asking price? Now, there are situations in a seller's market where someone just lists their house for a ridiculous amount. But that's not going to be in your budget a lot of the times to start out with. And yes, you can negotiate down from that price. But most of the time it's not the case because why, you know, listing a house for a lot more money than even your most realistic uh, assumption means that the house will probably stay on the market a bit longer. And no one really wants that, especially now from 2020 in the pandemic year. You want that home to be sold as quick as possible for the most amount of money. So the trend is listed a little bit below market value. You get 150 to 100 people look at it in a week and then you get a bunch of offers and it's sold. Finally, he agreed to put in an offer. We put an offer of $100,000, less than the asking price. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, there is there is something to be said about just not submitting an offer for a client because you know they don't have a chance. But I submitted it anyways. You know, I called the agent. Uh, she is somebody that I've heard of before. So, you know, in in some perspective, it is always good. To be someone that people know you in the market, like uh, sorry, not in some perspective, basically all perspective, especially if you're a business person, you know, you want people to, to reach out to you as much as possible. However, it's also beneficial to be someone that other agents know, and maybe you build a reputation. And I have built a reputation. I've had many situations last year and the years before. Where people are like, I called my friends, colleagues, broker, whatever, and they're like, Yeah, I heard about this person. They're good. Uh, solid agent, very ethical, blah, blah, blah. Makes people feel comfortable to try to do deals together and just makes things easier, right? So I called the agent and I told her about the offer. I submitted it. I had to register it. So the funny thing about this is that the agent's like, you know, she had a laugh. She's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, look, I'm going to submit it because, you know, maybe down the road, if this extra offer helps you get a couple thousand bucks more for your clients or just it doesn't help you make more money at all. But instead of having four offers, now you can tell me you got five offers. You sound like a little bit more of a hero. You sound like just a better agent. Maybe down the road, I will need you in the next house you're selling that I'm going to try to buy. And you're going to remember this and you're going to do me a little favor and you will be like, you know what? All right, you help me out with that. Let me try to help you out with this. If you can come up to the price we need, we'll help you get the house for your clients. That's how the market works, right? But going back to these clients, they put in the offer. They saw that it sold another twenty-five thousand over asking. And they're saying this is ridiculous. Um, this is not cool. Uh, and they start getting really serious about buying a house. So more time, more time goes goes on. We start seeing more homes, more homes. Especially near the end of 2020, that's when the market started picking up again. So these poor people had a chance to buy a home two years ago. Okay, let me give you guys perspective. Okay, there was a house that we saw, a little townhouse. One of the smallest townhouses you can buy in Milton is about 1,100 square feet, and it doesn't have an ensuite bathroom, so just one bathroom upstairs. They were saying that their friends bought this exact model two years ago for $580,000. By the time the end of 2020 hit, in let's say November. We tried to buy that townhouse for $735,000, exactly the same layout, everything the same, and we still lost. Someone still outbid us. In fact, someone got so desperate that they bid $785,000 for that house. So two years later, that home, that little 1,100-square-foot townhouse uh, in Milton is now literally $200,000 more. If they had bought it two years ago, they would have had to pay $200,000 less. Now, we lost that townhouse, and we lost a whole lot of other homes because things started getting really ridiculous. What started happening in the market is that it doesn't even matter if you had an offer date. Like, you could just put the house up for sale and not say anything, not just say, hey, we're taking offers after a week. Uh, or you could say we're taking offers after a week, but what was happening is, like, the maximum amount of, like, 20 people would come to the house. 20 families would come to the house in the first day, and they would try to put an offer on the house. Regardless of the offer date, they would just be like, all right, this house is $700,000. i will give you seven fifty right now. No conditions. No financing. No home inspection. I need this house. I'm going to do anything you want. I'll walk your dog. Whatever. <laughs> and they're caught in the middle of this. And every time they say, you know, what are the comparables for this home? I'll send it to them. But then the house sells for more because people start getting really desperate. And so the comparables are almost out the window, right? Now, you think about a person that has a friend that bought a house for $200,000 more. They're putting in offers and they're still losing every, every time. Every time they look at a house, they're like, wow, we could have bought this house for $100,000, $150,000, $200,000 more. If we didn't just assume that the market was going to go like this, if we weren't just stubborn about buying a home, and let me tell you guys, it really eats away at you. Every time we put in an offer, they were like, okay, it's fine. Like we lost it. It's okay. But last uh, week, I finally saw, you know, not even last week. Let's bring it back to just before Christmas. For Christmas, they kept losing, losing, losing. Every time I showed them a house, you can see the stress in their face, the anxiety in their face. This market's ridiculous, they would tell me. How can someone buy a market? How can homes continue to go up the thing is is i'm a real estate agent i understand the market but there's lots of things that are just unpredictable how much the market's going to go and they told me you know you told us you told us to buy a house last year you told us to buy a house two years ago you told us that you know we'd make you know just five percent equity but now the prices have gone up like 25 percent in one year and you could see the anguish in their eyes how they, they even have a good budget, like their budget was up to $900,000 and they still could not find a townhouse, a three-bedroom, three-bathroom townhouse because the prices kept going over and over and over, not over nine hundred, but just over what they're willing to pay for the house. And it just kept going up and up and up in a leaner transition. Finally, we lost on a couple offers just before Christmas. They sent me an email. They say, we're done. We're done. We're not going to buy a house. We're done. So here I am, I've worked really hard for them. They're done. There's nothing I can do about it. You know, like it sucks when a client decides that they no longer want to buy and that the market is too stressful. Um, But you got to stay positive, right? You got to say, okay, no problem. Come back when you're ready. Or I can tell you the market slows down or whatever. You don't want to push them. You know, they're already down. So they got back to me after the holidays and they said, you know what? We're switching gears. Maybe we just buy a condo. I showed them a couple condos last week um, you know the condo two-bedroom two-bathroom condo with $300 maintenance fees pretty much a new unit like built this year and uh, it was going for five hundred and sixty five thousand um, dollars they put in an offer uh, eventually the sellers accept at five hundred seventy five thousand so we had to go ten thousand more to secure the deal not not anything crazy, like it wasn't like 100000 more like some of the other homes were going for, but at the end of the day, it is a condo. It is a 900-square-foot condo in Milton for 575000 Remember, put this in perspective. Their friends got a 1,200-square-foot, 1,100-square-foot 1, townhouse with three bedrooms and a finished basement for $580,000 2 years ago. So by waiting, they had to downgrade all the way down to a two-bedroom condo. And when I met them after the holidays to show the condo, you could see in their look, they were just trying to understand why the market was the way it was. And by always being behind the market, they had to suffer every step of the way. And they had to ask me. Now, there's not much I can say. I'm like, look, guys, what's happening is people are overpaying for houses. If you want a house, you got to overpay but historically the long run shows that that how that price will eventually not be the price going forward it'll eventually be higher and higher so even this this condo for 575 maybe it'll be like 650 in a year or two or 700 because that's just the way it was going like this condo was probably 300 and 350 400,000 maybe 2 years ago and that's just the, what the demand has driven up the product so much. Now they got that condo, they're happy. And I always thought that uh, when someone buys a home and they've lost so many offers that they're going to be really erupt, venture. But I think it. I think they were happy. I can tell you that they said they were happy. The problem is, is that they just feel so deflated that they finally got something that had to lower their expectations so much that they're like all right great we finally got into the market that was our goal just get into the market but now we have to settle for a two-bedroom two-bathroom condo instead of something with a backyard Point of story guys is don't let yourself be these people don't let yourself suffer through the market get something as soon as you can and ride the wave. That is the Canadian real estate market. All right, I gotta wake up my baby. See you guys.